All right, people, you guys know what it is. It's the one and the only, the American Cholo Podcast, broadcasting live and direct to you from North Hollywood, California. My name is Gil, and I am the American Cholo. And, of course, we got Bubble Bear in the house. That's right. What's up? What's up? We got a good one today. We got a good one every week. Yeah, we're we're banging these guys out. We're banging them out. We're banging them out, homeboy. Yeah, boy. All right, people, let's give our guest his introduction. Today's guest is the last surviving member of the legendary and iconic Chicano group Tierra. Please give a warm welcome to the sax player, Bob Villa. What's up, Bob? Thank you. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you guys having me on your program. Oh, I really no, appreciate man. you coming I, out. Thank you, thank you. I know we have a lot to talk about. Yes, I, I want to get to know you guys, right. too. Man. <laughs> Don't you worry about us. Bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're just some old-ass cholos with a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about you, man. Where were you born and raised at? Uh, pretty much, I was raised more in Ontario. I grew up in the IE, but as when I first was born, I was uh, raised in Chino. Mm-hmm. Then a little bit up north, my mom and dad did the Piscas a little bit, and then we moved yeah. back, settled in Ontario, and went to school, started playing in bands in, in the IE. What what uh, age were you when you first like picked up any kind of instrument? Nine years old. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I wanted the sax, but my parents talked to somebody, and they said, well, start him on clarinet, because it's a harder instrument from there. See, if he lasts on that, then... You can take those off right now real quick. It's like, what, what, yeah. do, we, what do when we do the live phone calls? It'll, it'll be easier to... Uh, switch over to the saxophone. So I, I faked my way through through uh, the clarinet in one year. They say, if you do good in one the first year, we'll get you a sax. Which one's the clarinet? Clarinet is a straight one. Oh, okay. They use them a lot in the mm-hmm. banda bands and stuff, yeah. Okay. So so were you gravitated to the sax at the time? Oh, well, yeah, that's what I wanted. Is that what all the other all the guys got the chicks got? Is that what you want the sax for? <laughs> Come on. Let's, let's actually, keep it real. Let's right? keep it real. No, actually, yeah. it's the lead singers. Those are the guys. Oh, the lead singers. <laughs> they get, they get all the focus, man. Yeah. Yeah, we're just, we're just the guys making the noise, man. Yeah. You get the ex-girlfriends with the problem. <laughs> oh, <man>. Yeah, really? <laughs> Turn on the lights. Are you still in love? <laughs> so, uh, were any of your parents, like, uh, musicians? Yeah, musicians. Uh, well, my mom used to sing. She had a pretty good voice, but nothing professionally or at home she would sing. My dad always wanted to play uh, organ, and he played a little bit of sax. And when I got mine, he would, show, he would play along with Okay. Did you have any siblings, or was it just you? Um, my two sisters and they didn't play anything. No, well, my my youngest one, she played flute for a while. She did really well. She mm-hmm. was playing, uh, you know, with college level people oh, when she okay. was still in in uh, grade school. So, okay. but then she just didn't follow through with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, how did you keep going on with it? Because you start, you say you started nine years old. Now, did you go through junior high and high school still playing? Yeah. You in the well, high school band or what? I was in the high school band. Okay. Yeah. When I, was it when cool I, back then or something? Well, not really, because you, you, know, you get on the bus and you're hitting everybody in the head. You know, yeah. It's like a nerd thing, you know? What high school did you go to? I went to Chafee okay. in Ontario, yeah. All right. Yeah, so after, uh, well, it was fourth grade when I started clarinet. And then uh, when I, like I said, I made it through the year, they got me a sax. And I, I just took it out of the case, started playing it. Didn't have any lessons, and so I would just play along with records. My dad had some old jazz records, and I would learn the solos. And then I started hearing, uh, you know, the Midnighters and groups like that. Mm. And I started learning the key solos on that. And then uh, in uh, seventh grade, I got inspired by the stage band. They had like an assembly. So I went home and told my hey, mom, get me, talk to my counselor. I want to get into band. So I got into, into the music class, started learning how to read a little bit and stuff. And from there, I just continued on to high school, marching band, stage band, garage bands and stuff, you know. How difficult was learning how to read a... Uh Notes. Is that what it is? You call it reading yeah, notes? Yeah, reading the, the sheet music. Uh-huh. How, how many years did it take for you to actually like be very comfortable reading them? Uh, actually, I never really was too much. I, mean, I, I learned just enough to get by. Like oh. right now, uh, we still use charts off and on when we're first learning a new song. Mm-hmm. 
I need to go through it a few times, and then then get your own spin on and it. And then once once I get get the notes down, then I just put it aside because it 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 kind of hinders me when I have the music there and I, I can't feel it. Really? Yeah. So then once once I get the basics. I just start feeling it, and then it just falls into place, you know. So, while well, you're in junior high and high school, and you're pushing all the ladies off of you because they're all they're all trying, <laughs> yeah. they're, all, they're all trying to get at you. Uh, where do you take it after high school? Are you even in your mind? Are you doing it for fun, or are you thinking that one day maybe you're gonna do this for a living? Actually, back then it was more just enjoying, just playing because I love to play the sax and stuff. I wish I would have thought more ahead as far as making it a, a career Jesus. and then going to actually study it and get serious about it. And then at that point, I could have really learned how to sight read and maybe done studio work. But it just, uh, you know, until... It was in the cards at the time. Yeah, it was in the cards at that time. And then little by little, I started playing uh, in clubs. And then from there, it started to hit me. I said, well, you know, I, Maybe I can make a living doing what this was the, thing. Yeah. Talk to me about the club scene back then. What year were you? Was the first club you actually walked into? And how old were you? Uh, probably nineteen sixty nine. My first nightclub band. I was, I think I was about nineteen at that time. Was it twenty one and over back then, or was it? Yeah, it was, you just walked in there. I, when you're musicians, a lot of times the club owners, as long as they, you're honest with them, as long as you don't drink, then they'll, they'll, they'll let you, you play. What stuff. group did you play with? Uh, the group back then was called uh, Express. Okay. And then we then we went to Stained Glass, and then mm -hmm. we started traveling a little bit, went to Canada and played there for a while, and then we came back and just playing local clubs. You know, remember when the bowling alleys used to right. have lounges, you know, Montebello Bowl <laughs> oh, okay. and all that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we started playing those circuits and stuff, you know. Okay. And how, how was uh, the first, the, or let me ask you this, which was a club that you remember that, let's say, was the worst crowd you ever went to? Was there one in particular uh, that stands out to you? The worst crowd probably was in, in El Monte, in that downtown section. I can't remember the name of the yeah, club. Yeah, I was going to bring it up, but I didn't remember the name. <laughs> yeah. But I remember one night. Shout out to El Monte. Yeah. <laughs> one night we were playing there. There must have been maybe, maybe five couples out there. And I, I kid you not, no matter what we played, we tried R&B. We tried, well, you know, like Ranchera. We tried uh, just more just everything, and it was like paying for a mural. They were just, oh, they were just, just standing, standing like that, oh, wow. drink their drink. Yeah, you know? maybe they were in awe. Of I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the night, you know, we were waiting to get paid, and then the club owner says, "Man, they, they loved you. I want you guys to back." <laughs> no, I ain't going back there, man. <laughs> Yeah. You were probably the best band they ever had. <laughs> Thank God they didn't hate us, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the club owner said our beer sales went through the roof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we sold a whole twelve pack. Oh. Man. oh, that's a good one. Hey, so I never even thought about that. So you guys have to go in there and kind of feel out the crowd. Do you, right. guys, do you guys? Do you did you guys ever go in first time walk in and have a drink and try to feel what kind of music they wanted to play? Actually, after the first couple of songs, you see what the reactions are. You know, especially in the club, you want them to dance and mm -hmm. start drinking and partying. Right. So first two songs don't get them. Then you're okay. Then you have to really start kind of watching the crowd, the crowd, and see. Okay, well, there's That's more couples cool. here, so if there's more couples. Just play some slow stuff because you know they yeah, want to get want... together and get to meet each other. Then later on, we'll get bellow and start start dancing. <laughs> start <jamming. laughs> if they're like me, I have to wait till the dance floor is full and I get in the middle because I don't dance. Yeah, don't dance I just go like that. Yeah, <laughs> you don't yeah. Dance boogie. man, I look good, man. <laughs> that's so that's how you kind of have to feel the crowd. Just sometimes when you first start. Yeah. They're they're ready and they just automatically jump in. But other times, man, you really have to. Did you ever to feel them out? Did you ever go home and feel like uh, 
I guess a little bit of depressed where you had a gig and I was like, man, we, we, we didn't kill it. This might not be for me. Uh, those couple of times, actually in the earlier years with theater, our thing that we used to do after each gig, whether it was a concert or a club, we would meet back at uh, usually Rudy's house and we'd analyze the night. Oh, hey guys, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bub, you screwed up this horn line. Uh, Stevie, you didn't, your rap was off or something like that. Or we, we missed that break and stuff. But we never got discouraged. It was just, it was, uh, I guess it was more helpful when we sit there and Analyze. pick on ourselves and Take say, positive okay, criticism. Yeah, you know. we had to just kind of dissect <laughs> our sets and stuff. But I'm know? sure yeah. as much as you've done this, you've had guys who probably heard stuff like that are like, you know what, F you, I don't want to hear this. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're prima donnas. <laughs> One time, well, we had our, our first, uh, he was actually our second drummer, but he was our actually the original member, mm-hmm. our original first guy that was in that one picture. He was only in the group for a few rehearsals. But he had a day gig, so he didn't want to commit. But anyway, Kenny was a hothead, you know, awesome drummer. But one time we were having a meeting. We had a place in Highland Park. And so Rudy brought up something. And then Kenny puts his head back. He's a little guy, but, but he's built. Right. Puts his head and he goes, fucker. Like that, and he just <laughs> tells him, excuse me. And he, he looks at Rudy. And Rudy says, hey, well, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just not just picking on you. I'm just being open about things. Yeah. So Kenny steps back and he goes, he spits in Rudy's oh, face. Oh, damn. <laughs> and then Rudy starts spitting back at him. <laughs> and they just started going. The original back. jumper. He was like, oh, I, I guess these heart to heart things going to work, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, man. Yeah, man. So, yeah. But they are sometimes when eagles get in Absolutely. there and stuff. Yeah. So now let's go. How long after high school did you actually start meeting the, the original members of Tierra? I met Rudy in 71 because what happened is uh, that one group that, that I started with was playing in, more in, uh, in Ontario area of Montclair mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the Inland Empire. We merged groups with a group from East L.A. because some of their members were leaving and a few of the guys in our band, they just wanted to call it quits. Yeah. So that band, they were called One Flight Up. They came into Montclair. We were playing at this place called Ebolium. And they, they happened to mention and say, yeah, well, some of our guys are leaving, but we're supposed to come in next week. And just conversation led to one thing. We ended up combining the guys that were nice. staying with us with theirs. And we came back that following weekend as one flight up. And through that band, I started playing more towards L.A. And then our guitar player got sick one night. And so the manual, the drummer, he knew Rudy. So he called him in to, to sub and... For some reason, the guitar player never never came back, so Rudy stayed on to help out, and that's when Rudy presented the the idea that he had for Tierra. Okay. And you know, he had mentioned that I think it was more. I can't really verify for sure, but it seemed like it was more Rudy's idea. But he did mention that him and his brother Steve had some original music and stuff, mm-hmm. and they had a name for a band and stuff. And he just felt that I would fit in good, especially with with Steve. Yeah. And that's how I started getting into the into Tierra, and then. From there on, we did a few more gigs with One Flight Up, and then we just decided, you know, we got to do this thing. Let's just bail out and start working on theater. So, what year was that? That was, uh, that was in 71. 71? How old were you at the time? Then, uh, I think I was 20, I think, yeah. Okay. Now, did anybody have any, like, uh, uh, resignation about as far as the name Tierra? They liked that one more better than Flight. flight. What was the original one in? 
The original name of the oh, one flight up was one uh, flight up. Yeah. Did you guys like the name Tierra more for some reason? Oh well, when we when we left, we left one flight up. That right. band still kept playing. Oh, that stayed. Oh, yeah. So we so. we just started Tierra, just working on that. Yeah. And, and where did Rudy come up with that name? Uh, I guess he was thinking, you know, Earth, Land, and tra- uh, a band that's gonna kind of represent, you know, the the world. You know, his, his dream was to reach out to as far as we could, you know, mm-hmm. across the land and stuff. And he thought earthy, you know, because right. the music that we had back then was really, really raw and stuff. Kind well, of. You guys ahead. were also in the. I mean, the years you're giving. That's like the, you know, the the peak of the Chicano movement and all that, right? Right. That's when so, all the. So that definitely had to, you know, influence you guys, correct? Mm-hmm, right. What kind of influence does that have on your guys's, you know, music and everything? Back then, and the first, uh, actually, the first album was really showed a lot of that movement, you know, with the the walkouts and everything. Because I lived in, in the IE out there, we weren't as involved. We, we'd hear about it, but Rudy and Steve and them, they were right in the right. center of all this stuff. So so when I came into the group, I started getting more educated on what was happening with the Chicano okay. movements. And and actually, we, we were able to play a couple of songs on the Si Se Puede album for the farm workers Dope. and stuff. So we had some history there. And, and you know, just from there on, you just started getting more educated, like we were talking earlier about history our history every nationality has their their roots and their history yes, and stuff right. it's you know it's rich you know so when when you joined the group tierra who were the original members at that point at that point it was uh rudy he was playing lead guitar and uh, vocals and i was actually the first uh guy that was recruited in so now i was on vocals uh sax and flute then we had david torres on keyboards and he played trumpet also guitar flute and he actually, at the end, he was uh, Poncho Sanchez's uh, MD, musical director. And then we had uh, Albert Bustillos was on drums. That's He's the member that didn't stay too long. And then we had, of course, Stevie came in. It's kind of strange, but Stevie actually came in last. Once we had the core, or not the core, but the, the four, original group, yeah. the four guys together, then Steve came in to complete it. And Stevie was playing uh, bass, guitar, and singing leads at the same time. And then, so shortly after that, to make it easier on Steve, uh, we brought in Conrad Lozano, who's the bass player for Los Lobos. So then that rounded off the group. So we're a six piece now. Wow. And did you guys uh, like kind of mold right away? Or how long did it take you guys to finally, like, you know, because I'm sure everybody has their own style, has their own, you know, beat or whatnot. How long did it take for you guys to finally mold and be like, all right, this is sounding right? Actually, uh, a few rehearsals because uh, the first. Uh, Initial rehearsals, Rudy was presenting the the music, you know, his outline. And what was really nice about the whole concept is that he allowed us to put our, like, say, I'm the sax player. You take care of your ideas on the in the horn. Okay. You're the drummer. This is kind of the beat that I want, but you're the drummer. You you find something what I'm looking for, and it just just kind of went around the table to the keyboard player Stevie with his uh, the voice and the harmonies with Rudy. And then I eventually would would be the third harmony, so it was it was a it was a group effort. You know, we started out with a, with the basic idea, and from there from there everybody just contributed. Now was Rudy uh, like a a leader in the group from the beginning? Yes. As far as taking, you know, yeah. what kind of leader was he? Well, he was a great leader. You know, I mean, he was like the babysitter, like we always say. You know, he, <laughs> he had to be the hard ass guy and keep us in line because you know back then you know we're young, you want to party, and yeah, a lot of times we don't take things serious and you just want to joke around and Rudy had to be the, the iron fist and say, Hey, come on, you guys we got to get some work done here. And so he, he kept us in line. He, he did the business stuff. He, uh, 
booked the stuff, everything? Booked everything, you know, and just, he did most of the uh, interviews and, and uh, the PR stuff. You could, then, have, you could have been doing that, bub. Look at you, uh, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's, what's crazy? I've always been the silent one. Silent boo-boo. <laughs> all all throughout the years, I, I hardly ever say anything. You can ask my wife. Yeah. A lot of times she, she talks to me. I'm just standing, kind of sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she told me behind the scenes, you never shut up. <laughs> 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 yeah. I already know the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So what? Oh, go ahead. No. Um, when you came to the band, you played the Reeves. Now the Reeds. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when I read that, I was like, "What is that? Was that an instrument?" Oh, uh, Reeds is anything that has. Uh, it's it's a it's made out of bamboo and it's shaved down, and that's what like on the mouthpiece. Uh huh. It vibrates, and that's what makes the sound. Oh. And then from there, you're blowing air through it. Oh, like a saxophone or yeah, stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, okay. So anything that has a bamboo, like an oboe, uh, clarinet, they mm-hmm. all have that, that uh, wooden oh, reed I get thing. It now. Yeah, that's why they call it a woodwind or a reed instrument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What kind of? Because I'm like we said, I'm sure all the the members had different personalities. What was your personality in that group? Mine was like I said, the quiet guy. I was I was like the ideal company man i mean you gotta fear I, the quiet guy but yeah. the quiet guy's gonna <laughs> that's what they say but i always went with the program i didn't make that many no waves. waves i always showed up on time did what i needed to do and stuff until we started drinking then i mean, you know then me and steve me and stevie were the terrors of the band you know <laughs> you guys ever uh were you guys like uh like rock and roll guys you guys ever tear up a hotel there bub uh Sometimes that <laughs> we didn't break too much stuff, but we even made a mess. Made so. A mess. <laughs> yeah. so, how long did it take for you guys to actually start? Like, uh, uh, let's say first the small tours. Mm-hmm. How long after you guys formed your group did you guys start going like from county to county? Did it go county to county, then state to state, or how did that come about? Uh, pretty much locally, like you say, uh, different counties, and then uh, maybe going up north within California and stuff, and then. Uh, like I say, when I left in, at the end of 78, the hit record came out two years later. And so I could have kicked myself, you know? <laughs> you were that guy. Yeah. So from that point on, that's when they started really stepping, r- really it, up. stepping it up and going worldwide. And go, they went to Japan. They did Carnegie Hall, the first Chicano band to play uh, Carnegie Hall in New York. And wow. started doing you know TV programs. They're on the American Music Awards. Mm-hmm. Why did you end up leaving? At the time, well, I was my first marriage... We weren't making that much money at that time. I, I, How many years I, were you in there before you left? Before I left, uh, I was going to be, what, from 71 to okay, 78. So you, you invested seven years of this. Seven years then, yeah. It was, it was just towards, after I got married, I tried to hang in there as much as I could. For me, it wasn't bad because, I mean, I, I can live on the quesadilla, quesadilla, a couple of noodles and a beer. But, yeah. you know, you got a wife you got to take care of. So I had gotten an offer to work with this uh Top 40 group, and they were making back then pretty good money for the 70s. What was and, the Top 40 group? Uh, they were called, uh, shoot, I'm trying to remember the name of it now. They were more like a show band. Okay. Yeah, I forget the name right now. And uh, so we, we, they offered me the job. It was, back then it was like 250 bucks a week or something. So I did that, and then uh, I still kept in touch with Rudy and them. But like I told him, I said, you know, I, I have to do what I need to do to provide to yeah. pay the bills you know because i used to work for a printing company in montclair newspaper and they would let me come back and and work in between if i needed to make some Extra some video yeah. yeah but then after a while it was just too hard for them to work around my schedule because they'd get used to me working there and then when i'd leave they'd have to hire somebody right so it just didn't work out you know how was how was that conversation with uh you and rudy when you told them uh you gotta go uh it, it was kind of rough i mean he i gotta admit he 
didn't really say too much. It, it was almost like he um, uh, kind of took some credit away from me. I, but I don't think he meant to do that. I think it was just he was kind of disappointed, hurt, hurt mm -hmm. that I was leaving because he always used to tell me that, you know, hey, bub, you're you're the core, you're part of the the rock of the group, mm -hmm. you and me and my brother, and and I, you know, he counted me for for being there and stuff. And then, like I say, I I always uh, worked with him. I never went against the grain and stuff. So it, it was kind of a hard. Uh, but what do you mean when you say that you think he took some credit away from you? Because he did, he he says uh, one time I forget how he said it. When I kind of uh, broke the news, it was at a rehearsal, right? And I said, you know, I I, I think I have to move on. You know, I got this offer, and you know, that's decent pay. And he goes, well, well, whatever, bub. You know, you know, like, uh, well, if that's what you want to do. But he didn't say like, man, I hate hate to see you right. leave or anything. So I kind of took it like, wow, like I, didn't I, care. I put all this time in. And it's like he didn't care. It's like I thought I meant a little bit more than that. You know. Well, maybe he was just saying it more of a, you know, whatever is best for you without, you know, yeah saying it. Because I've, I've been in those situations at work where somebody tells me, hey, Gil, I got, and I'm like, all right, no problem. Then I've heard the same thing. Hey, this guy got upset at you because, and I was like, I was just trying to be like, all right, all right yeah. more, no more power right, to you. Right. Yeah. But then two years later, is that where you got the divorce, bub? You looked at her and said, That's I could have been on a world tour. <laughs> 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 I, I want to know if that's the truth. <laughs> well, actually, well, that that wasn't even the cause. That was just me back then. Thank God for my second wife that, that she had to go through this stuff. But I was partying a lot, and and that drew, drew me away, started doing stuff that I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah, uh -huh. So that ruined our marriage. But uh, but actually, back then it was it was like uh, I couldn't get enough playing. I always had to be out there. Always had to be sitting in doing something yeah. but you know i didn't get that didn't get the balance you know you think you uh like somebody who's playing that much you do you get addicted to the life like going out there and getting that high off the crowd and all that yeah i, th I think it, it, it's real easy to happen yeah this is i guess like anything else any kind of other addiction the more you do it just you crave more and you want that excitement again you know and it, and it was the 70s the 70s coming into the 80s man sex drugs and rock and roll man <laughs> <laughs> Is, is, is that when you had the long hair and you were out the rocking? Oh yeah, yeah. Because well, I mean, back then we we experimented a lot with with most of us did with, with the drug thing and stuff. Of course, but Kenny the drummer. I mean, he was notorious. Unfortunately, that's what took his life. Was uh, yeah, I think he was on heroin and stuff. Uh, that's what he passed away from was was the drug scene. And it was, you know, it's a shame because he was a great musician, but he did kind of kind of influence us into dabbling into things that we shouldn't have back then and the know, dark realm the dark dark side yeah and how long were you doing like the party scene for oh geez probably uh pretty pretty close to the, to the end of 78 you know and how how were your feelings because you you must have had some kind of you know mixed emotion seeing the band that you were with two years later you know just kind of because that's what you do as a band you, you're sitting you're seeing our breakthrough year our breakthrough year and it took mm -hmm. seven years a long time to invest into a band right and then two years into you leaving all of a sudden man these right. guys they hit it they hit it mm -hmm. that had to be bittersweet for you oh yeah when the when together came out first i would see him on tv they, they showed him one time signed autographs mm -hmm. after a gig and the bands were uh -huh. out there and and then uh another time i'm listening that why i ended up having to get uh a job, a day gig, because uh, I was—I had started a top forty group. We were called the Crosstown All Stars, and then uh, to make ends meet. But then I then I tried selling cars for a year. That didn't work out. And then uh, I started bartending part time, 
And then I said, no, I'm just ain't cutting it. I got to get a job again. So I ended up working at a psychiatric, psychiatric hospital yeah. doing maintenance. So there I am fixing a toilet, and here comes Together's plane. Oh, <laughs> and I'm going, yeah. man, that should have been my sex solo, man. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's like, okay, get back to work. Yeah. Just forget about it, man. It was like yeah. a bad movie. Oh, man, I tell you. Oh, yeah. man. And, you know, and I always used to hear I forget different people would mention if a band had any kind of any any kind of uh, a substance there to make it, if they stick together for ten years, they're pretty pretty much got a good shot at, at, at make, breaking, through. breaking through. That was ten years afterwards, the eighty one, uh, and I said, man, it, did you go through any kind of like you know somewhat of a depression on that? Oh yeah, yeah, it was tough, you know, because you know going to work. I mean, I was just doing the job. For the job, it wasn't something I wanted to do, but that, that's what landed in my yeah, hands. Well, that's at the what time. men do. You just go to work to pay the bills, right? right? Yeah. So, so together, you, you guys didn't practice it because you were only gone for two years, and that song has already been around through another group, through the Intruders. You didn't practice with with Tierra before that. Oh no, that I, song, I was or? I was at a out of the group from 78 to 97. Mm -hmm. So that song you have you had you play it now though, correct? Oh yeah, I play it now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but but when you left that song wasn't even uh, in the catalog. In the no, catalog no. at all. Uh, and, okay. and even when I played top 40 music, we didn't for some reason we didn't play the song and so mm -hmm. so when I came back, uh, Rudy well Rudy called me up and asked me uh, if I was interested in coming back to the band. Oh, what was said, this? Hey. Well, that was uh, about February, no January, uh, end of January of 19 uh, 96 that many years later yeah any, any, was it a phone call to nowhere had you guys seen each other before that well i'd been seeing him off and on i'd go check the guys out go support him and, and i'd talk to rudy once in a while i see how things were so, going so when theater came on on the radio station you, you didn't change the channel or, oh no, or no. You, you, you weren't the guy at the bar say change that that music <laughs> <laughs> get my horn out and start yeah. tr trying to play a different solo on it yeah, this is right. what he should have done man <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so who took over your spot uh, Bobby Navarrete did, and actually, I recommended him to Rudy because because uh, uh, he had a similar style, similar tone, and I just I thought, well, I didn't I wanted the best for the band. I, I wasn't I didn't want to leave and just be a jerk about it, and, right? And I thought, well, I racked my brain, and I remember hearing Bobby a couple of times. I, I believe he was playing with old time religion at that time, and I mentioned it to Rudy. I said, you know, I think a, a good guy to take my spot would be Bobby. He's he's got similar style, and uh, I just think he would fit. You know, whatever's what's already been established as far as the, the theater sound, he would it would just still be the same. You know, so that that's how Bobby got started in there. All right, and then so that was Bobby Gowan, Obviously, by the time you came back into the scene in ninety seven, yeah. when I came back in, uh, Victor Cisneros was a sax player at the time, and he's still with the band right how now. How many of the original player uh, actual members were still around when you came back? Uh, when I came back, at that time, Steve wasn't involved again. They were going through Is something. that when the band broke up into two bands? Yeah, yes. It was actually, the two bands came in after I came back. Oh, so uh, you yeah. were involved in that breakup? Yeah. Wow, well, how did I'll, that go? They, they were was, fighting for Bub. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. It, it, was, uh, it was a tough thing. Mm -hmm. We're going through a similar thing right now, but back then, it did cause some problems because, I mean, Rudy's always been, like you said, Rudy's always been the leader of the group mm -hmm. stevie yeah he was the core core uh member of course i mean the, he was the voice of together and mm -hmm. and uh, i mean just steve always had that charisma and people have always known 
as the Salas brothers. Yeah. Right. You know, and so that was kind of tough, but because they were going through uh, personal things, he would kind of go come back. And so when I came back in, uh, Stevie wasn't part of the group at that time, but uh, Rudy was there. Aaron, who was, I think he was our third drummer. He came back when I came back in and then they, they started bringing uh, different guys in uh, Isaac Avila mm-hmm. from the Valley. He started doing uh, lead vocals and stuff, you know, but actually the, as far as originals that guys that I worked with, with was Rudy and, and myself and then Steve, when he came back in. Now, so with, how, how did the band get back together? I mean, the both brothers are obviously fighting. So the band splits up and now there's two Dieras. Right. And how did they get back together? I mean, the brothers just made up and said, uh, oh, I'll bring my band back and you bring me and we'll put it back together. And now there's double of you. I think the way, the way I kind of saw it play out was that, uh, Steve started seeing, I think that when they, when they would play gigs, he always had a different combination of guys. It was just when they, whenever you go to see them, you never knew who was going to show up. Mm-hmm. And from what I heard, you know, there was a lot of part, partying going on and they just weren't as tight. There was yeah. just something thrown together. And I think after a while, the promoters and public started saying, well, this, this yeah. isn't theater, you know? And then, uh, so finally that, that kind of pulled out of the scene and stuff. And I think, and then it was a combination, like you say, Rudy and Steve made amends and yeah. said, hey, we, we can't go on like this. I mean, we built this band That's together. Right. It's ridiculous to have one here and one there. I mean, there can only be one theater, and there's always only going to be one. Yeah. So Now, what was the, what was the inner fighting over, over where, like, where the group was going? Uh, sometimes it was just minor things that just, they kind of escalated, like maybe choice of songs, or sometimes Stevie didn't want to sing certain songs that would cause some friction and it's and, probably like maybe after so many years together you know they kind of needed some time apart yeah uh-huh. so now when you're back in the scene since 97 right you're right so you've been back all this time i've been current all the way yeah and so how was it for you getting back on there and playing with the guys oh it it just fell right in place you know it was it was, it was kind of different because when i first came back originally uh victor was with the still he was playing tenor sax so he was he was going to be leaving the group, and that's when Rudy why Rudy called me because he knew that he was going to be needing a, a tenor sax player. Well, it turned out it 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 kind of flipped. So when I came in, the trumpet player ended up leaving, and he joined the Brian Setzer band, and Victor uh, ended up staying after all. I don't know if it's because uh, after meeting me, maybe he got a good vibe and stuff, and because uh, Victor went through a lot of the ugly. Uh, Interfighting. Mm-hmm. Interfighting and stuff. Not only with Rudy and Steve, but other members. It was it was just the band was kind of divided and stuff. So he had kind of a bad taste of that. And I think maybe he felt uh, maybe it's time for me to move on. But uh thank God he he stayed with the group and from that point it was just he was playing tenor and since the trumpet guy left, I started playing the soprano and it's that's another reed <laughs> instrument. Yeah. Okay. It looks like a clarinet, like the one Kenny G plays. Yeah. So I was playing that for two years to get that trumpet sound because it has a higher higher pitch. And then uh, later on after the Latin Legends uh, album was, was released, then we added a uh, trumpet. He brought in Jeff Lewis, who's our current trumpet player, because he wanted to add some trumpet to the tracks. And then it worked out so well, he ended up hiring him full time, you know. So the, after 97, did you start going on, on tour again with these guys? Yeah, we started playing out, out of state in you know, New Mexico, Arizona, Chicago, Denver, uh, up north. You Great know. national tour. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
How, how did that feel being back? Oh State? man, it, it was awesome. Yeah, I remember when my wife and I, our, the first kick when I came back, we played. I think it was a Arizona, or a New Mexico, somewhere. It was Vicky Carr and us and a couple other groups. So it was like, man, this is this is nice. You're flying out and. It, it felt like you said. It felt like rock and roll, man. <laughs> <laughs> back. Now, which are some of the legendary groups that you guys uh, shared the stage with at, at one point when you were touring? Oh man, you know, back in the early years, like I say, we were so young, we, we took things for granted. But I look back, I always kept a log of bands. We played with Eddie Palmieri. We played with Tito Puente. We played with with uh, let's see, um, Ayerto. He was a jazz guy, and then. Uh, just so many other people. Those a lot of bands that from clubs that we played, played that had big names and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the oldie groups, uh, the um, Blue Magic. Oh yeah, Blue Magic. You know, groups like that, you know. Now, now were you going around doing? Uh, you know, what was the size of the venues you guys were doing at that time when you came back in '97? Uh, anywhere from five hundred in a club to you know like ten thousand, sometimes fifteen thousand wow. in an arena, depending on who's on the bill, you know. Now have you seen like a like a uptick now in, in people wanting to go see your performance? It seems like, you know, oldie bands, bands like Tierra, those, you know, the, the the beautiful thing about the Chicano culture is we seem to always love you guys and kept you guys alive. Do you see the, the uptick in that nowadays? Oh yeah. You know, I when I look in the audience now, it's like we still have the the ones our age and then, then now you're seeing the younger generation because they they were brought up with the music. With you know, grandma, grandma played it for mm -hmm. them. Their mom and dad turned them on to Malo, us, yes. Azteca, Tower Power, and all these mm -hmm. other groups. And so, actually, we're we're starting to see more of a younger crowd show up. So, when you guys are up on stage, like how we were talking here about the wires, is there like a certain set? Like, all right, this is where you're at. You don't move from this space. Is there like, how do you guys know where, where you're stuck at as far as where you're playing? Our at? positions. Our positions. Yeah. There you go. Uh, with the horn section, it's we're pretty much uh, have to stay because you know, we, we have to be in front of the mics unless we have wireless. But and then we have a. Uh, it's kind of hard because sometimes, like Victor and I, we we switch from vocal to sax, so we have to kind of stay close by. You have your sax, your vocal mic here and the sax down here so we're pretty much staying our spot you know if, if we're not playing something we'll, we try to do some steps and move around to <laughs> want to look like robots up there you're like okay yeah good turn man yeah. <laughs> right? you, you ever play with anybody and one of your bandmates is just like was either like you know drunk off his butt or or like damn this guy's not doing too hot man and you guys got to kind of carry it a little bit that, that's happened before i want to mention names no, but yeah, yeah it, it's names. it's happened <laughs> Yeah. Were you ever that guy? Uh, yeah, I was. All right, yeah, right. I was. Drank a little too much. You no, know, no. I remember one time we played in Riverside, and, and well, I forget the name of the club, but the stage was way up there. And Stevie and I went outside, and we we did a couple of puffs. So we come in. I'm not a big yeah. smoker. I mean, so I, I get too paranoid. I'm more. I have to be in the corner by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we get on stage, and we're playing. I forget what song it was, and I was supposed to take a sax solo. And I was just standing there like that, and, and Rudy, hey, your solo, what's up? Come on, come on! Like, and then, and then Steve's laughing. He goes, "All right, man." And I, oh, okay. So I started playing, and then I didn't want to stop. He's like, "Stop playing!" <laughs> it was like, oh man, that was a crazy night. And then we used to do an oldies medley, and then uh, in between, I used to do the Wolfman, and me and Steve went down the stairs, and then on the way back up. 
we're crawling over each oh, other up the man. stairs. That, it was like oh, man. just stupid stuff, you know? To, yeah. to be young. <laughs> I tell you, man. Did you ever think, uh, you know, being a young kid in Ontario, nine years old, playing the sax, that you would be, you know, sharing the stage with, you know, such guys like, like you know, from Tierra and other brands like that? Did you ever even imagine that? Oh, no. I, I always kind of dreamt about that. I said, man, it'd be, be nice to be able to play with. Because I remember seeing Tower of Power for the first time mm. in Long Beach. It was Tower of Power. They opened... Uh, Buddy Miles and then Three Dog Night was the, the headliner, and man, I always I told the story to my wife. I said I remember when I looked at the ticket, Tower Park, and, Tower Park, come on, I think they're bad, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so and me the other me and the other sax player from the band I played, we we went to that concert and we they came on, we had our beers. I kid you not, we couldn't even drink our beer. We were like, damn man, you're bad, you're yeah, bad, you know. Sure. So I, so from that point on, I said, man, it, it just it would be a dream come true to ever even meet these guys. And here we do concerts with them. We do concerts with War, Average White Band, uh, and uh, GQ and all these other groups, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, man. Yeah, Tower Power is badass. Huh? Yeah. So you, you had that little Chicano hating you for the beginning. You're like, yeah, these huh? <laughs> yeah, no. Tower Power, come on. <laughs> what kind of name is That's that? Carney, eh? <laughs> <laughs> So the next big concert coming up is the Old School Cruise. Are you going to be on that? Uh, the, oh, not this year. Not this year? Not this year. That they're talking about 24. 2024. 2024, yeah. So you, you, you might be on that one? Yeah. Hope, right. Hopefully so, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a fun cruise. Right. And we just, don't wear uh, yellow. Oh, I know. Don't wear <laughs> yellow. Or coconuts. Okay. I, I, heard bu- coconuts. I heard Bob wears pineapples over <laughs> yeah. there. <laughs> oh, yeah, pineapples. I said <laughs> coconuts. That's what Sorry. I heard. That's Pina colada. Word on the street. Get away from pineapples and yellow. So have you done those? Uh, the cruises before as far as performing? Yeah, yeah, we've done about four. How, how is that for you guys? Where do you guys store all your stuff? <laughs> right on Actually, the uh, yeah. Like, what's nice is that they they provide what they call the back line, the, the drums, the PA, uh, all the amps oh, okay. and stuff. So we just have to bring our immediate your, your main guitar, instrument. main instrument. Oh. And so we're set. And then they have the schedule when we're going to have sound checks and mm-hmm. and show times you know how we were talking about how they alternate stages that yes. way you can see all the bands and stuff yeah that's nice because yeah. when you got two bands and two great artists playing mm-hmm. different sides of the shit yeah. it's hard. you, you got to pick to see which one yeah, you, you don't want to see and that's, flip that's a, a coin up, no. yeah that's a messed up situation oh they, oh they do that yeah yeah like like when there was a zap and then trainer oh yeah and it's like oh, who do i go see you know two great artists and, and it's just like yeah that kind of sucked right yeah. but i hear this year they're not doing that no the, the way they set it up now is really it's really a bigger good. ship too yeah it's like an event with one one stage it's two stages actually two stages? but they they, the they alternate stages like one day uh this group will play oh, okay. in the theater even though the other ones are at the pool and the next night they'll switch things so you can go see the the other band you don't get seasick over there not at all. Not None? at all. No. No, no unless you have some twenty four ways, but. <laughs> <laughs> but but what it is is like the pool, you have the pool, they empty out the pool and they build the stage on top of the pool. Oh. So that's where all the, the artists are and then everybody's around watching. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been actually making a living off your music? Because I know for a couple of years you, you said you left Tierra. So mm-hmm. how how many years since ninety seven you started actually just performing? Uh I was still doing a day day job until uh, two thousand eighteen. Okay. I was working at another print shop. But uh Thank God the owner knew that I was a musician when he hired me on, so he he would let me use my vacation days if I needed to uh, to go out of state or out of town with the band. Now, at this point, are you... To me, it doesn't seem like you're doing it for the money. You're doing it for the love of the music as well. Pretty much so, yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, with a, a group this size and not having a current song, I mean, we make... 
decent pay, but not enough to really to make a, a big living on, on it. That's why a lot of the guys, they, a couple of guys have uh, recording studios. They do stuff on the side. We all, from time to time, we'll get a call from a different band to do some sub work just to keep the chops going and stuff. That's right. So how often do you actually practice, let's say, during a couple of weeks t- span? Uh, lately, it's been kind of rough because when uh, Rudy passed away, they ended up actually demolishing the place where we used to rehearse. Mm. And then so we didn't have any, it, it, made it, it was a convenient thing because we could always have a place. Oh, we, we would rehearse there sometimes uh, once a week at least, you know. Okay. So um, I was reading my notes and I have mm-hmm. one that, that said um, that you were, theater was the first uh, that Latino band to have two hits in the top 100 at That's one given time. Right. I mean, what kind of feeling was that being the first Part band that to do that, to do that? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, like I said, at that time, that's when I was uh, absent from the group. But, mm-hmm. but I was really, but yeah, really happy connected. for the group. I said, "Man, that's that's an accomplishment, mm-hmm. and a dream that we always we always had." I remember Rudy had told me at one time he had a little place behind his mom's in uh, Lincoln Heights, and he said, "Hey, bub, you know, the day that the band makes a hit, I'm going to sit down and cry my eyes out, man, because because says I can taste it, and mm-hmm. and I, I know he shared the story a lot about." His mom and dad always used to, oh, his mom always used to tell Steve and Rudy, Mijos, one of these days you're going to play Carnegie Hall. Yeah. And they just, they, they didn't uh, not doubt it, but it was like, wow, for my mom to say that. I mean, yeah. could that happen? And look, they ended up. And Carnegie Hall's in New York? New York, yeah. yeah. So what's better, Carnegie Hall or Santa Fe Spring Swamp Me? Depends how many models you yeah. What was the better crowd? Well, there's better shopping at the Swamp Me, but. <laughs> They don't have the hot dogs with the bacon yeah. over there in, oh, in New York. Santa Fe is the spot to be. Santa Fe is the spot to be. Those are his stomping ground yeah. right there. Bro. All right, yeah, we're gonna be there tomorrow, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. twelve and two. Yeah. There, there you go. Two, get the plug Saturday. in. Get the plug yeah, in. Right. Now, we're, we're gonna be Long Beach tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know if you're gonna go to Long Beach. We're going to Long Beach. Oh, that's that's oh, funny, nice. dude. Uh, how was your parents taking you when you were doing all this music stuff? And and as as you were getting older, they always support you. Uh, pretty much, but uh, they just kind of let me do my my thing. They didn't they didn't like over encourage. They, they they knew I loved to play and stuff. And mm-hmm. I know that at one point they did try to look into getting this guy to connect me with uh, this personal teacher that could start to give me more training on reading and stuff. But it, it never happened and stuff. So, um, but they they would they would always say, you know. So is that one regret that you have that you never really, uh, I guess, maybe went deeper into the music and learned more? Right. Yeah. I, I kind of wish I would have taken it more serious and and got more schooling. And when you say you schooling, know. what does that mean for a sax player? Uh, to learn how to read sheet music, more theory, harmonies, and uh, how to arrange and compose, and and just to understand the whole structure of a song, you know. And is that like something you go to? To college, to school, to yeah. There's music, uh, music schools like uh, school David Torres. David Torres went to the Berkeley School of Music and studied uh, theory and all that. And uh, I mean, he was already a monster player as it is. But like I say, uh, I think it's really good to learn by by heart at first. But it's also important if you're going to make a career to learn sharpen the, your craft, you know, sharpen your craft, and know, know the technical part of it. And now, so, what would you tell a uh, a young Chicano? Or Chicana at that, that is, you know, picking up a sax or or any kind of instrument and they really want to take it serious. What 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 should they do to try to level their thing up? 
I think uh, for one, if they're still like in grade or in high school or whatever, yes. and, and still living at home, you know, start taking private lessons, and uh, and really, I mean, the bottom line is practice, practice. You know, stay on your horn or your whatever your choice instrument. of instrument, and just make it a part of your body and get it to where you just feel it. You don't have to, you know, when you first start like a guitar really watching her fingers after a while, when you know your instrument, you, you don't have to look, you just, you feel just it. comes and how you feel it? Yeah. You know? So th- did you have to watch your fingers when you were playing your stuff at first? When I did the clarinet, I was kind of <laughs> like, make sure cause the clarinet has open holes. So you, ha- you have to have your fingers just right. Otherwise the air won't, yeah, it'll squeak. All I know is that one in second grade was doo, 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 doo. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot which one it was. Every, you know, all the kids yeah, that yeah. They take the little. <laughs> <laughs> That's as far as I got, buddy. <laughs> do you have to practice breathing techniques playing the instrument that you play? Yeah, how do you keep your breathing for so yes. long? Uh, Each song is what about three minutes long? Pretty, pretty much. Yeah. And you're playing the whole three minutes? Uh, off and on, you're having breaths mm-hmm. in between. And, you know, that's funny because I never, myself, I never really think about, like, when I take a solo, I don't really even worry about, hey, am I going to hold, how long am I going to hold? Hey, hey, like, hey, like, cabrón, 1,001, 1,002. I'm getting a cardiac oh, here, yeah. man. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it, the, I think the hardest thing for, well, for saxophone, for me, or any, any reed instrument is you have to break in, you, you have your, your face muscles. Mm-hmm. When you're first starting out, man, you, it gets tight. And then you lose control of the mouthpiece. And then you also get, you cut inside your lip because you're, you're pressing down on your teeth and stuff. Yeah. Those are the Depend- battle wounds people don't know about, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then those are just, some people maybe go through it less than others. Depends how you, you're comfortable. Some guys rest it here. But I'm used to always having my lip over my tooth, you know, my teeth. I mean, yeah. My tooth. <laughs> <laughs> my tooth is it. <laughs> yeah, I'm really getting all up. <laughs> Gotta fix my gentry, man. <laughs> so if you can think of, one moment in history throughout your whole uh, career, which is probably the the fondest the fondest moment you had. That man, this was a great moment for me and for the group. For the group, oh uh, geez, there's there's been so many different. Uh, I think when we, to be honest, because it was it was in town and it was something that we always uh, Rudy and I and and the other guys always wanted to play was the Greek theater. Oh, when we played there, our first big one with War and Tower Power. Mm-hmm. That was like a dream come true. And I think Advert Twite Band was on the ticket that time. And it was like, and then the, I mean, it sold out. And it's one of the best venues you can go to because you can, no matter where you sit, you're going to hear good, it, good it, sound. Better than the Santa Fe Swap Meet? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. No, after a few beers, everything. Yeah, there. but you get better deals on food at yeah, the Swap yeah, Meet. Right? They charge too much at the Greek. Yes, they do. <laughs> Thank God they feed us. <laughs> hey, but that's a huge venue, man. Oh the, yeah, the Greek, the Greek is no yes. joke. The Greek, right. you got A-list stars going out there and playing the Greek, man. Right? How do, how does that feel? You walking out there and you just see this crowd of people out there. It's got to be a certain feeling. Oh of, yeah, you, you get a, you get a rush at first. Yeah, mm-hmm. people always ask me, do you get nervous? And I, I got to be honest, yeah, it you do feel it until once you hit that first note. And it goes away, but but just the adrenaline, because you want to make sure that you don't mess up the first note, or that yeah. the, that maybe that song we worked on, we're just, we're going to play for the first time. You're going through all these thoughts and everything, but once you're up there and you hear the crowd response, it's like okay, it's on. <laughs> it's time to do our job. And you got prime parking. Uh, yeah, yeah, there, you, yeah. You go to the Greek, you know, and we have a green oh, room too. Yeah. <laughs> 
green room. Does it go like quick for you after, like they said, the Greek? You're out there performing. Are you once you get the jitters and you start, you know, blowing? Is it like? <laughs> Well, really? Yeah, no, no, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said you said it the biz. Leave myself open <laughs> there, bro. Hey, Bubs fans only. <laughs> <laughs> when you blow your sex one, The sex one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say the biz. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. when, when you get done playing. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that for the highlights. Okay. When, when you get done playing, is it go like very quick? It's almost like, all right, this was a good time because it went by so quick. Is that how it goes for you? Oh, yeah. Especially when. When we fly out of town, because uh, we get up early, catch the flight, you get to the destination, you wait for them to pick you up, and then you get to the hotel, you got maybe an hour sometimes to get freshen up, and then you have to get in the van, go to the sound check. After sound check, come back, you have to get ready, you have an hour then, and then you go back. Sometimes we'll play, the shortest set we've ever played is maybe 15 minutes when it's a real big lineup. But uh, sometimes it'll range from a half hour to an hour and 15 and even the hour and 15 ones, it's just it's like you just say, you know, it goes quick. I mean, you're just getting into it. And it's like, oh, man, and the response of the crowd. And, it, and you look around and see the energy. Oh, yeah. yeah. You see that sea of people out there and stuff. Now, doing all this, going, touring, you know, playing all kinds of places, how difficult is it maintaining a happy wife? It's rough. It gets rough. Yeah, because uh, thank God now that I'm, uh, we're both retired my wife is able to go with me pretty much to all the gigs what makes it hard is sometimes when we we do a turnover like we'll fly out in the morning play that night and come back early the next day it's just kind of rough to take our wives with us because i mean they're we're not going to even see the city all you're going to yeah. see is the airport the hotel the and venue and then then you have to come back to the room because they're shuttling the bands and stuff so well they want equality have them carry the baggage man <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing. Uh -oh. <laughs> she goes why did you go to that interview <laughs> you see an empanada flying at you man <laughs> <laughs> it's it's got to be difficult because I mean even with my wife and I now you know there's certain times like oh my god this just gets old and and it's it's a it's a fine balance man well, how do you is. find that balance well when you go home you just wash the dishes is that what it is well, I, I do that vacuum out, you start right. cleaning. separate the clothes <laughs> yeah. I do that anyway man. and fold them man. Yeah, right. and I got to make the bed too. <laughs> you got them trained over here uh, yeah. uh, that's right <laughs> it's got to be tough well I, and I think the balance is. When you have a good wife, like my, my wife, mm -hmm. I mean, she has supported me through my career and stuff That's since we've great. been together. That's great. And there, yeah, it has yes. been rough times. I mean, uh, rehearsals takes time away from us. Absolutely. Uh, Auditions takes time. Traveling when she can't go, that that's time lost between us. And yes, sir. And you know, I miss out on a lot of things where the fam, the family is doing something, uh, and I got to leave, and you know, mom stays home. So yeah. you know you're thinking about all this stuff, and and uh, when you get back home, you it's you can't get that time back. So anytime that that I'm home for a certain amount of time, we try to spend as much time, enjoy our home, and just uh, give her the time that she needs. So, so what do you guys do for hobbies, man? You guys go skeet shooting, or what do you guys do, bub? Well, lately we go to the segundas, and see what can find. Yeah, man. Hey, we're gonna get a plug for them. Yeah, man. See what kind of deals we get. See, I should be in for free now. Yeah, yeah. I've got to pay that $2.50. Wow. <laughs> Do you still get people that, hey, bub, and they recognize you? Yeah, that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know what's funny, too, though, sometimes we'll be 
sometimes I'm not shaving and, and I'm at the market and I didn't want to go shopping, but she talked me into going. Somebody recognized Yeah, I look like a homeless. And then <laughs> now we'll, we'll be at the counter and then somehow it comes up and my wife says, oh yeah, my, my husband plays with Tierra. And he goes, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, he plays with the Tierra outside. Yeah, the, he, yeah he's, he's playing in the Tierra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dope. But that has happened though, and she'll she'll mention it because somebody will say mm-hmm. m- mention the the group or the song. Come Stop on, she it. was you know my husband's in the band, and they just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> so are you planning on doing this to the day you just can't do it anymore, Bub? Yeah, is that the plan? That's my plan. I I figure when I can't blow too good anymore. <laughs> Can't blow no more, man. I told everybody I'm going to hook up an, an air hose and just move and my just fingers. Move finger. <laughs> hey, we got we got to replace both. That food just can't blow no more. <laughs> <laughs> then I had to get me a I had to get me a stool with with a safety belt. I mean, <laughs> seat belt. <laughs> uh, that's great, Chris. Let's bring up the let's bring up the phone number right now. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that that want to call in. They want to yes, talk. Call in, call in. Don't be shy. <laughs> Don't be shy. Uh, we, got a, we got a legend right here. Yeah. Let me also. Uh, Raider Tommy, I saw you give a super chat. I appreciate that, my man. Also, he's been a member for 11 months. That's love. That's right. Appreciate uh, that. Let me take this thing off. Uh, oh, man. That's a great time. Really blowing? I, that's what you got? <laughs> that, that's, that's what the highlight is? Man, that's going to be the word. Yeah, eh? right. Hey. Uh, hey. Hold on. Uh, Bub's going to get a bunch of calls to go to West Hollywood shows. Uh, right. <laughs> Wait till tomorrow I'll be in the crowd. Uh, <laughs> wrong podcast, yeah, wrong right. podcast. Right. Security. Uh, uh, that's American Cholo after dark. Yeah. <laughs> the wrong side of the tracks. Yeah. Oh, Majorly. Okay, let me get this. <laughs> so uh, when, uh, when are you going to go perform next? Uh, tomorrow at the swap meet, <laughs> right. Santa Fe Springs. Right. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We start at 12 o'clock and then mm-hmm. the second show at 2 o'clock. That's right. You oh, still get love over there. Yeah, the Santa Fe Springs. Yeah, yeah they, they, man. Right? Since they redid it and put that nice oh, it's stage. Nice there. Yeah. It's really nice. How was COVID for you? How did you guys just shut down? Oh, yeah. It totally interrupted everybody's thing. After uh, we were playing Buffalo Bills at State Line. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Buffalo right, Bills. And that was our last gig for until they started opening things up. And then you lost two members during COVID, right? Well, Rudy, and then wow. and then later Steve. Mm-hmm. And how's that been for the band? Uh, it was rough, especially mm-hmm. with uh, the loss of Rudy, because I mean he was the leader and and the, the founder. I mean the, he was the, the like the heart, the, of the, the real heart of the group. Yeah. Right, let's see, we got nine hundred nine calling in. Ceci, caller, caller, talk to us. Hi, I'm just calling from my papa. Hey, Mia. Yeah, <laughs> How you doing? Really? I told you she's my biggest fan. Right. Our biggest right. fan. That's right. <laughs> I love you, Papa. Love you, too. Thank you for listening. These guys are, are pretty cool, aren't You're they? You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. That, that's the granddaughter right there? That's my granddaughter. That's One dope. of them. That's, that's right. Thank, Thank you, you for, for the call. Calling. Hey, <laughs> okay. <thanks. laughs> All right. How, how old is she? She's uh, thirteen. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She thought she's embarrassed. <laughs> I tell you, her room, her part of the rooms, I gave her a bunch of theater posters. Ah, she's the number one stuff. fan. Oh, that's right. She's got that theater hat and all kinds she, of things. She's yeah. the number one fan. How many kids you got? We have uh, four between the four of us. Oh, the, between the two of us. Between the two of us. Just the two of us. After dark. <laughs> 
Hold on, hold on. Hey, Bob is blowing, and he got, he got three other partners. Yeah, going, this is going, going crazy. Viral. That was the altitude, man. It was the altitude. We got to go to members only now. <laughs> call her, call her. Sorry, this? honey. <laughs> so we have four. Caller, caller, who's this? Talk to us. Talk to us. What's going on? Hey, I have a question for your your guest. What's the question? Um. I was wondering, uh, by any chance, would you know of a drummer named Kuma that uh, he used to play, uh, if I believe correctly, uh, he used to play for, uh, he, he was a drummer for Los Lobos back in the days. And I, I lost I lost touch with him. And for I haven't seen him in, in years. I, I just wanted to know if he was still around or, or what. I mean, he was an older vato at the time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if he's still around or or if he's gone or whatever. You know what I mean? What, what's I his name again? What's his name his again? His name was Puma. Puma or Kuma? Kuma. Kuma. Like Puma. Kuma. I don't know if that was his. I don't know if that was his. Uh, his real name or if that was a nickname. Oh, you know the the guy that would probably know that is uh my friend uh, Conrad that used to be our bass player. But uh, uh, uh-huh. so, you know, I haven't seen Conrad since the last cruise. But if I if I run into him, I'll ask him and uh, maybe somehow get that. Yeah, yeah. That answer I, mean, for you. I just you know, I just wonder like what whatever happened because when 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 I when I was a kid, I used to play on his drums, and then later on, I was told by my father and and, and everybody else that, that that he 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 was the drummer at one point for those Lobos, but I, I, I don't really know like what year or, or what, when what exactly. Year, what year were you playing on his drums? When you oh, were a kid. I was a kid. Man. Yeah, I, I, I was year? like, I want to say like 1917. So what? this was like the early 2000s. You know what I mean? Okay. Oh, okay. Him and my father were, they were drinking buddies. So that's how I, you know, that's how I was, uh, you know, in the mix right there. You know what I mean? Right. For sure. That's mm-hmm. all. For sure. Hey brother, thank uh, you for the phone call. Appreciate it. No problem. No problem. All right, take care, man. Kuma, we're looking for Kuma. Kuma, you out there? Yeah. Have put his drums. Hey, so, uh, yeah. So, how long you been a swinger now for? (laughs) A swinger? Uh, Uh, No, no, no. (laughs) Are you you ain't pineapple? (laughs) (laughs) You know know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna be out in the back on the swing by myself. (laughs) He said, "Us four. (laughs) (laughs) Four of you. Just the four of us." Twenty twenty three. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the four of us. Edit, edit yeah. that, Chris. Yeah. Edit that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the only one to put my foot in my yeah. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you got the whole chunk left. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it makes me feel better, man. Uh, so, do you wake up still looking forward to go out and playing? Oh, all the time. That's yeah. Beautiful, man. Let's see who's calling. <laughs> Rick, Rick, what's going on, my man? Talk to us. What's up, guys, man? What's up to you, Cholo, and to Boo Boo? You guys up? doing good, man? Been following you guys since day one. That's right. I want to ask the, the guests uh, a question. You know, I always ask the, the older folks that are older than me this. What do what they miss from the past, like how society mm. was? And what, what major changes have they seen? Because I'm 38 years old, and I've seen a lot of changes. So I could already imagine what the guests have Great seen, question. and I would like to know that's it. So my question. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I think I think for me, and I probably speak for a lot of the guys, especially musicians, is back in the day, like we well, we always say back in the day, back then, you could go out and bar hop and go have a good time, and you never had really that many problems. Where nowadays, it just seems it's it's kind of 
so much things going out there nowadays. It's a, the whole scene, uh, the club scene especially, has changed so much. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And that's what I've, I've seen a big change as far as being a musician. And, of course, the music is, is changing. And uh, we've been fortunate to be able to still maintain our style and that people still enjoy that. But I respect the new music that comes out. Now, don't get me wrong. But like I say, the biggest impact that I've seen is, is just the uh, people in general, how, how there's like a lot of violence, a lot of different things going on. And and especially within uh, Latinos and stuff, we have to support each other. We have to really put a lot of things aside and make things better for, for ourselves, you know? For sure. Caller, caller, who's this? Uh, this is Daniel. I got a question. Um, how much of a difference does it make like when you see a band perform live and they don't sound all good what how much of a difference does it make when they go to the studio and fix like a person's voice oh yeah that's for sure you can't compare live to uh to a recorded not to be in a studio when unless you're really tight if the band's real tight and they have their their stuff together pretty much they're going to put a great show on live but if uh they aren't that that uh, accomplished in their instrument or their voice the studio is going to be the best place for the yeah, you know absolutely. that's where a lot of these groups even some i've noticed on, on the in the bigger scale they, they use a lot of tracks and the, the, the reason i think that they use tracks it covers up a lot of the blemishes of their voice or whatever and it kind of makes the sound so much fuller but that's one thing that I take pride with our group with Theta is that when you hear us, you're hearing real instruments, you're hearing real voices, and uh, we put out 100%. Perfect. Thanks for the call. Call Ernest, you got another question? I got another question. Shoot. Okay. Um, like, let, let's say, um, how many times, because um, you said right now that sometimes it's good to sharpen up your craft to go to school. How many times have you seen a natural? And I'm talking about a natural like Jose Alfredo Jimenez um, or just a natural person that goes out there and you're amazed and you're like, wow, this guy's just a natural without going to school. Like you said, you got to go to school to uh, sharpen up your craft. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen a natural person just go out there and you're amazed? Uh, number one, I'd have to say is the, my ex-leader, Rudy Salas. I mean, he's a great example. He was self-taught, never took lessons from my, my uh, understanding. He learned. He wrote songs, great songs. Uh, had a great voice, great style, and and he's one of the one of the people that me personally was uh, fortunate to be able to work with. And like I say, he he's up there with the best. You know, he he's world world class. So I, hey, I thank you very much for, right, for no, that answer because you you gave me some inspiration because I go to the bar shop pedo and I do karaoke and I think I'm the shit. <laughs> All right, hey man. <laughs> Uh, I'd like to hear you sometime, man. You don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear him. When you, when you drive by the bar and you hear the chihuahuas out there going, ooh, that's when he's taking karaoke. Put, put a lot of reverb. Yeah. Thanks for the call, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, but that is one thing that I've always given so much credit for bands and groups. I want to say up to maybe... The 80s, and then when it came to the 90s, they stopped so much. The live performance. Somebody mm-hmm. like Marvin Gaye, the live performance, the right. voice they had. Somebody like you guys said, the live performance. You guys are in these places, and it sounds great. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you get people playing all these venues. 
yeah, it's all track. Right. Nobody nobody sings live anymore. Mm. But to me, that's that's it's cheating. Do you think it's cheating? I think so. You know, when when disco came out, that really hurt bands because it took a lot of our work. Number one, you were not there doing your thing. No, I, I wasn't doing the Travolta, the Travolta with the bell bottom white bell bottoms. You were not there in the, in the skates, <laughs> yeah, doing, uh, doing backwards like yeah, doing the half splits because I can't do a full split. <laughs> I do the banana split. <laughs> oh, oh, so, so wait, so disco disco started killing the bands. Oh huh? yeah, because it was. Cheaper for the the club owners to hire a DJ than to hire a oh, you know six band. twelve piece band nine even a five piece you know, but like you say, what happened later on? I think when people start seeing bands again live, especially with horns, right. then they start appreciating man that there's there's no nothing like hearing the, the instruments really being played and hearing it live. It's that it's that energy in the room. It, right. it really is. It's that energy in the room, and when you hear that band, yeah, you feel it. Right. Do we call in? Artie, what's good? Talk to us, brother. What up, what up? Right here calling in from the beautiful city of Santana, my boy. Yeah, <laughs> what's up, Artie, from Santana? <laughs> Talk to us, brother. You got a question hey, for Bub. Hey, Mr. Villa. Yes. Como estas? Bien, bien, y tu? Hey, right here. Don't boy just got done. Uh, I work for uh, Local 47. I'm a lineman. We just got done doing a... We've been doing a bunch of front part of shit, man, just trying to get all this power back on. That's right. right. Winter storm, but hey, uh, I'll be get to you. Do you know a guy named Artie Perez? Artie Perez? Uh, the name doesn't. Yeah, he song. was a drummer for. Uh, he was a drummer. He's from the city of Anaheim. He was a drummer for uh, for uh, Redbone back in the day. Oh, Redbone! Not you know, I never met him, but I, I'm familiar with the group. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, you know, they're from, they're from actually from a neighbor right there called La Hoya, the city of Placenta, that's where most of those guys are, grew up at. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's my grandpa. Oh, do- oh yeah? Wow, great, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know the, you know the, the Morala brothers from Santa Ana? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, well, those are my, those are my mom, those are my mom's, like, first cousins. They're all from X group. That's where that's where we all grew up at, right there. Oh, nice! Uh, so yeah, you know, I'm familiar with the with the music and all that stuff growing up. I'm only I'm 30 years old, but man, I grew up with that music. Since I was a baby going that's to right. the trip, well, that's know, good. doing all the, the stuff there at the at the right there in Santana, at Park, doing all the bands and stuff. So kind of familiar, but I never got into the instruments. You know, I wish I always did, but you know, me and my dad always had me. Uh, Justin and, 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 and cleaning all the lowriders he added oh, right. as a little boy. So that was our thing. So, but uh, man, you're blessed. You're still alive. Uh, and the gracias for all the good music. Uh, and I pray you have a safe drive home. And I pray for all you guys that you guys have a buenas noches. All right. Thank, Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate Thanks brother. for the support. Santana, carnal. Oh, yeah. It's dope. All right. All right. Much love. With the, all right. Home boy. All right. All right. Thank you. Look at that, man. That, that feels great, doesn't it? <laughs> I remember when we played that, uh, we used to play the Mardi Gras in LA, and I used to sing Come and Get Your Love. That was a trip for him to mention Redbone. Yeah. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> How's your voice, man? How's your voice? Does it mean? Yeah, right now, it's not like Barry White. <laughs> <laughs> Barely White. Barely White. <laughs> 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 Artie back. Artie, you back already? Yeah. Hey, I forgot to tell you. Damn it. Hey, I think what things on uh, on uh, uh, Rosha. Uh, was the one that caused all the winter storm, dog. 
Boo boo. Yeah. Boo boo's beard caught on the windstorm. Hey, 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 it It flew and it started cutting all the wires and it flew off. Yeah, that's why you yeah. why we put you guys to work, homie. He's the main conductor. <laughs> What's up, Artie? Oh, my former's all like. Oh, former's are like, hey, Artie, I don't know what that is. I go, oh, my God, Google's broad shot, dog. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Google. Hell <laughs> uh, yeah, boy. <laughs> Later, Artie. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, he had to call back and yeah, make the broad shot. Yeah, just throw that one in there. So, unless we get some more phone calls here, we're going we're gonna to start wrapping this bad boy up. But the members, you'll see, we're going to get a special nice, uh, you know, you, you're going to play for us, right? Yeah, sure. Sure. You gonna yeah, sing for us? Those songs? Uh, no, maybe uh, just maybe maybe just make hot air. <laughs> <laughs> you know, careful on your words. Yeah, 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 I ain't yeah. using that word yeah. no more. <laughs> careful on your words. So yeah, yeah. let's go ahead and just you know tell people where they can. No, no, actually, no, no. I had another question for you. No, before we go, no, take take that off real quick. There's another group going around. Also saying their tierra. So right. Well, somebody's calling right now. They're gonna hold that thought right now, real quick. Joanna, what's good? Hey, uh, hey, bud. Hey, Joe, how you doing? I'm good. I just wanted to call in and give you some props and tell you how proud I am of you. Oh, well, thank you, Joe. Hey, guys. That um, in case you don't know, Joanna Joanna's uh, the trademark owner and and the CEO of the, our organization. Oh, okay, oh, dope, nice Rudy nice Salas' his wife. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. that's great. Oh. I thought you were paying people to call in for you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Do I get a raise, Joe? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah you get a raise. All right. Uh, so no, I just wanted to say I'm proud of you, and thank you for telling the stories. I mean, there's so much more that you can talk about as far as your stories with Rudy and, you know, even with Steve. Oh, yes. And um, I'm glad you're keeping it positive, and thank you guys for having him on. Absolutely. Thank it you. is our absolute pleasure. All right. Thank you so much, Ryan. All right. Thank you, Joe. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. So, yeah, uh, and I want to still keep it positive in a way, but is there another group going around at Senor Tierra, too? And- yeah, un- unfortunately, uh, Rudy's son, and he's brought in some other musicians. Some some were former members, mm-hmm. and uh, actually Bobby Navarrete is part of the horn section, and uh, uh, Bobby Loya, who played trumpet once City Nights came out. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, the hard thing about that is that you know, the guys that, like I showed you, there was a picture of the guys that were with Rudy from, the the, the main group was from two, 2015. Other, other of us have had involvement since, uh, like myself, mm-hmm. 71, some 2005 yeah. on up. But the combination to play with Rudy until his passing, it's, it's uh, frustrating because we're the guys that should be, we are theater, and we're yes. the ones that earn that right to, to carry on his legacy absolutely you know and i'm not not to i don't want to disrespect the family you know david's his son and he's got a daughter rita and of course his his uh uh, the twin brothers i mean uh, the family always they deserve respect because i mean they supported rudy though they were family yes but we're talking about theater they weren't part of theater. they weren't in the band any of the pictures that you see Mm-hmm. None of them were in those band pictures. We're the ones that went to the rehearsals. We're the ones that paid the dues. And uh, I always give props to the to the musicians that came through the band. Yes. I, I mentioned to you guys before we came on air, 
there's been numerous great musicians that have passed through the band. Some full-time members for a while, some just substitutes when needed. But they all contributed to where Tierra is today. But as far as to carry that legacy, we're, we're the guys. It's not, not Tierra legacy. It's Tierra playing Tierra. Mm-hmm. And, Does that ever get confusing with people? Well, that, that's what's causing a lot of problems, is that when people go here, their group, they're not seeing the guys that they used to see all these years. It's mm-hmm. all new faces, except for a couple of familiar ones from the past. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, it, it, it's sad because I wish family matters could have been kept internal. separate. Yeah, right. internal and not brought, been brought to the stage, so so to say. You, you know? guys never had like a conversation, sit down, phone call, or just, it just hasn't happened yet? Uh, well, that's something that uh, was, it's tried. has been going on with, uh, with Joanna and the son. Okay. They're, they're trying to make, come to an agreement somehow to work things out. But in the meantime, they they are causing confusion by by, and they're using our our signature name. Yeah, they, at the bottom they put either legacy or the legacy continues. But when you see it, you think, oh, that's yeah, theater. Of course, you only see theater, you know. And we're still playing and representing the re, the real group, but we lost a lot of work because of this because. They're booking them. Yeah, they're booking them because of whatever's being said, whatever things. And like I say, I I, I wish it would never gotten to this point. It, it's sad that we have to be facing these kind of uh, hurdles and stuff. And like I say, I don't want. I've always respected the Salas family and, and the Brambia family. I, I mentioned the Brambias because uh, Rudy's uncle got us our first uh, deal for on um, 20th Century Records. So he was involved with the music scene and producing and stuff. So yeah, he he's part of our history too. So I'm, I'm not going to knock anybody for their involvement, but but don't don't take away what we are, we have earned. You know, the, us current guys yeah. are trying to do and stuff. You know. So when you see tierra, what are you going to look for? Just tierra. When just plain tierra, yeah. No, no. There's no sub title no underneath. Legacy, no, no booze beer, no, no nothing. Just no swap meat, <laughs> no. Uh, live or just, just carnitas. <laughs> Well, I, I want to just, I want to thank you so much, man. Your, your energy is, is great. Awesome. Yeah, oh, thank it, you guys. It, it is really awesome. It's, uh, I mean, you're, you're part of history, man. You're, you're part of a, a great history of a Chicano band when, uh, you know, when all this stuff really started. And mm-hmm. I just want to, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm humbled that you came on our platform yes. to tell your story. And I want you to let people know where they can find you, give your shout outs. Talk to all your all your girls out there and let them know <laughs> let them know where your fans only is at. Me, <laughs> like, my grand my granddaughters, okay. <laughs> yeah, don't forget we'll be uh, this Saturday, March fourth. We'll be at the swap meet from twelve to one, and then we'll have a break. We come back out at two o'clock, and then we'll be heading to the Longshoremen's Hall in Long Beach nice. on uh, March tenth. We'll be uh, the Ector Theater in in Texas on uh, August twelfth. We have uh, the Riverside Tamale Festival in April 29th. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we got the Tower Power Sheila E concert in June 10th at the Microsoft Theater. And like I say, we just finished doing a concert. I'm not kidding. At least 15,000 people were there with uh, Keith Sweat, oh. Genuine. genuine uh, uh, we had the Rolls Royce was there, Color Me Bad. And uh, uh, Blackstreet was there. Awesome singers. So that's that's the uh, venues that we're shooting for and that the theater's going to continue doing to represent Rudy Salas and the history that he brought 
you know, along with all of the rest of us musicians. And I hope a, to see you guys there. That's a beautiful thing. Give us the outro. Boo -boo, yeah, get, get us yeah. out of here, man. Here you heard it first. Tierra. That's it. <laughs> Only one. That's it. <laughs> all right, people. Tomorrow we will be in Long Beach. Strong Beach will be at the, the convention center over at Rosie's Park with Long Beach Carlos and all the fellas. Go out there. It's a family-friendly event. Keep the drama at your house, at your garage. Go over there. Have a good time with family. We got to support one another, one another. That's how we support the culture, man. We keep the money in our community. With that, let's get out of here. All right. <laughs>